This is Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 86, Advice and Criticism. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. I am happy to be here again with you today. And I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you to everybody who supports the podcast, who listens to the podcast, who shares the podcast, who leaves a review for the podcast. It is so meaningful to me. I love hearing from you. Even when you just shoot off an email directly to me, I love getting those emails. I love hearing how you're benefiting from some of the things that I share with you. And I would love to hear more from you. So make sure that you reach out, leave a review if you haven't. I would so appreciate that because it helps other people find the podcast. And I just wanted to say thank you. I'm happy that you are in my life. Even though I don't know all of you, I'm happy to be a part of your life. So thank you for allowing me that honor. Now, the other day I came across a quote, don't take criticism from someone you would not go to for advice. And I thought, ooh, that is so good. I'm going to write an Instagram post about that. But then I had so much to say. So I decided to do a whole podcast episode. And it's actually a concept that I have inevitably talked about with all my clients at some point. And it's something that I've shared with my kids over the years. It's kind of advice in how to take advice or criticism, but you'll have to put it through the test to see where it lies for you. Now, to start the conversation off, I always start with what I call my slime analogy. And I've shared my slime analogy with you before in the podcast, so you might have heard it, but I think it's so useful and I've used it so often and I want to share it again. Now, firstly, before we even get to the slime analogy, let's clean up our language a bit before we decide to label something advice or criticism. Because really, if somebody offers you words, that's all they're offering you. That's all anybody can offer you, words. You then get to decide how you interpret those words. That in itself is one of the most powerful things to understand. People say words, you get to interpret the words they say. Now, you might say that they say words with tone and body language and facial expressions. And yes, these are all true. And all those things actually speak to your nervous system without you even being consciously aware. So they will give you a vibe. Hence why I also drill home with everybody the importance of constantly self-regulating. Again, that is also up for you to do, which helps you keep your power. So people say words. You might then always want to take a couple of seconds to regulate, to remind the brain that you're safe. Words do not hurt without your permission. Take a couple of deep breaths. Remind the brain that you get to decide what things mean. Now, remember, you do get to decide what things mean. So that means you can absolutely decide that what it means is that you're offended, that the person's a jerk or toxic, never to be spoken to again or listened to again. But it is you deciding. Don't hand the power off to anybody else. So take a deep breath, 
get your thinking back online as you regulate. Because remember, if someone says something to us, our nervous system likely has a reaction. And if it's triggered or activated because it's a perceived threat, which it does thousands of times a day, that's what our nervous system is supposed to do, you will enter into a stress response. And one of the effects of a stress response where you enter the sympathetic system is your frontal brain, your thinking brain, your CEO, your rational thinker, your deliberate thinker, your wise owl, whatever you want to call it, goes offline. So regulating is an easiest way to regulate is to take a couple of nice deep breaths. So somebody says something, you regulate, you take a couple of nice deep breaths, you get your thinking brain back online. Now you're ready for some slime. <laughs> so when someone throws words at you, I want to think of it like they're just throwing slime at you. Now people can throw slime at you and I mean it like they'll say things that you would deem to be unkind or maybe they're giving you their opinions or their advice. You really have three choices in my view. The first choice is you can let it hit you and be slimed. And that will often feel terrible because you'll just believe what they say without considering what they're saying. And it will just, the slime will get all over you. You may quickly get offended. You may get super defensive, go into defensive mode. And basically you're allowing yourself to be attacked. What they're saying is obviously true. It's right. You're now owning it. So you've been slimed. Now, the second thing you can do is you can just move out of the way when you see it coming. You don't even need to pay any attention to it. You literally can just duck or move to the side. You don't have to let it hit you and it poof, it will just go right by you. you pay no notice to it. So that's the second thing you can do when somebody throws slime at you. Now, the third thing you can do is you can catch the slime and you can catch it and look at it and evaluate it. Consider what do I want to do with it? Do I want to keep it? Do I want to put it down? Do I want to keep some of it? Do I want to throw it back? Do I want to check it in the garbage? This is just what you're going to be looking at. Maybe they do have a point. Maybe they're right. Maybe there's part of what they're saying. There's some truth in it. You get to decide. Now, how do you decide what to do with the slime? How do you know when to accept it, when to duck, or when to catch and evaluate? And I turned to the queen herself, Brene Brown, to help me decide what to do with my slime. And Brene has a story that she shares often about coming across the famous speech by Theodore Roosevelt called The Man in the Arena. And I'm going to share it with you first before I talk about it. And what it reads is, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of the deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. So powerful, right? When my kids were little, I gave them each like a poem or a piece of writing to try to read over and take in and personalize it and even memorize it. It was something that I selected based on what I felt 
was linked to them and what I felt inspired to share with them. Now, my son, Josh, his poem was Invictus. I just, I love that one. And he really embraced it. And to this day, he can perfectly rehearse it because we used to practice it every single night at bedtime together. And I just have to say out of the night and he could pick it up. Anyway, there was a slight detour. Invictus is also such a powerful poem. But Zach, my other son, the writing that I chose for him was The Man in the Arena. Now, I don't think we ever quite memorized it, but I can certainly say that Zach took it to heart. He is a man in the arena and he thinks and chooses very carefully about who he lets in his arena to watch him. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Now, again, I'm drawing from the idea offered by Brene Brown, and then I just add a bit of my own stuff, but the foundation is her idea. So the people in the arena, you first have the person in the ring. That's you. That's the fighter. And I've used this analogy for one of my clients who was actually, she was an actor and they're performers on stage. So these people, the fighters, the performers, they're the ones who are living life and taking actions. They are risking, they are fighting, they are getting beaten, they are slammed down, they're training. Sometimes they're winning, but they are really in it. And then there are the other people in the arena. They are in the audience. But like in every arena or show or concert or performance, there are different levels of tickets. Now, the ringside seats are ours to give out. We actually get to choose who sits there. These are our tickets to hand out. And we get to decide who do we give them to. And I want to offer to you that these are the seats we want to fill with people who will be able to coach us while we're in the ring. So it will be slightly different for everybody who's going to sit there. You may have in your ringside, maybe it's your parents or your partner or teachers or leaders or perhaps some trusted friends or siblings. You may want to reserve a prime seat for your future self. I know that future Leah, she gets a great seat in my arena. And you may also want to have some ringside seats for your higher power. If you have a belief in God or any other higher power, you may want to have a seat there as well. Those are the ringside seats. You get to decide who sits there. And these are the seats that have the best view And you can also hear pretty clearly what people in those seats are saying. Now, the other seats are the cheaper seats, sort of the middle ones. Now, maybe some bigger fans are there because they do cost more. But then there's the super cheap nosebleed seats where anybody can sit, just like anybody could be outside the stadium as well. And it's okay that people are in the nosebleeds. In some arenas, I am in the nosebleeds in some people's arenas or sometimes I'm even outside. So it's not necessarily a reflection of who I am. It's really just a reflection of the relationship that I have with the person in the arena. It's also a reflection of the investment that the person has in you. The point is, who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to take advice from? Now, chances are, if people have a ringside seat, you might want to listen a little bit more carefully to them because they're more invested. They've spent more money on the tickets. They are there because you have chosen for them to be there. But I do think you still have to be careful because everybody in your ringside seat, they also have their own motivations, their own strengths, their own weaknesses. So before I listen to anybody, I may ask things like, okay, what is their motivation behind sharing this with me? 
What is their knowledge level, their wisdom level, or their inspiration level? What is their track record? Are they where I want to be? Have they done something similar? Do they have relationships I want to emulate? Are they a good role model? Now, these are important questions to ask because you may feel like someone needs a ringside seat in general due to the relationship they have with you, but it doesn't mean that they'll be your best coach for everything. You may want them close by simply for comfort, but you might not want them on full volume. So think about that. And I think it's also important to mention that you will switch out who gets ringside. Some people may have seats for life and other people may only be there for a short period of time. They'll serve a purpose and then they'll move further up in the arena. They may not leave the arena or sometimes they may leave the arena. It's kind of like having different coaches or teachers or relationships can often run their course and come full circle. So they may end up changing seats. Now let's talk next about the people in the cheap seats. They are not invested in you and your well-being. They do not pay much or sometimes they don't even pay anything for the seats, especially if they're outside. And you have to remember that. Now, if we go back to our slime analogy, how do we know if we should accept the slime, avoid the slime, or catch the slime? Well, one of the best things to do is to start by evaluating where the person who is throwing the slime is sitting in your arena. If they are ringside, this is just what I'm going to offer to you. You might always want to catch it. You might want to evaluate, take it in, think about their motivation, their wisdom, their inspiration, like I said earlier, and you might decide to throw it back and that's okay. You might decide to keep some, throw some back. It's okay. But personally, I like to catch from my ringside. I look at this as advice. And advice that I can evaluate and choose to take on if it fits. Now, that's not to say that occasionally ringside people aren't going to slime me, but that is my choice. Generally, I do like to catch the slime to evaluate it when it's thrown by the ringside, but sometimes I may know I've actually done something and I know that what they're saying is something that I fully take on. Maybe I made a big mistake and I fully see what they're saying is true. So being slimed, I don't always think is a bad thing. And in general, I'm not a huge fan of sliming, but occasionally I think that it's okay to be slimed if you're accepting full responsibility. It doesn't mean I can't clean it up. To me, it's just coming from a place of humility. I don't necessarily have to try to fight it or evaluate it. I'll just listen to someone else's pain. I'll deal with it. And then we can work together and I can try to rectify and clean things up. So accepting the slime on occasion when it's thrown ringside, if it's something that I feel that warrants me accepting it. But generally, when somebody is at the ringside, I will just catch the slime. Now, the duck and avoid, I actually rarely use with ringside people. These people are usually too important for me to just duck. I just way prefer to catch it and throw it back at them ringside if I don't want to accept it. Now, with the nosebleed people, the duck and avoid is a great one to use. I think it's really easy to allow ourselves to get slimed by the nosebleed people. And I think we can also catch and evaluate the nosebleed people's comments, but sometimes we just spend too much energy. And so often I found for myself, for nosebleeders, the best is to duck and just to move on. Now the middle people, this is kind of an interesting group. 
because they may not be close enough to be ringside, but they're not the hecklers or the nosebleeders either. They may play an important role in my life, and I kind of look at it like my ex. He doesn't have to be ringside anymore, but because he's invested in my kids and is actually respectful of my role as a mother, he may be in my middle. And I'll decide to duck and evaluate on a case-by-case basis after thinking of things like his motivation, the role model, his inspiration. Now, some people may be in the middle because of their position in my life, but life experience has shown me that it is just best that I duck. No point in evaluating. And I've seen this with my clients, actually. Maybe they have a family member who is in the middle. It's close enough to them that they want to make sure they're in the arena, but they don't want them ringside. But they also don't feel that their values or they're not quite as invested in them and they may not have the deepest care. So they allow them in and they allow them a decent seat, not ringside, but a decent seat. But then they just duck with the information. They may occasionally catch it, but they usually just opt to duck. So if you are in the arena, you are going to hear voices yelling at you from everywhere. If it's the cheap seats and they're throwing the slime, perhaps you'll duck and avoid. But if it's coming from a ringside position, you may want to be more likely to ponder and evaluate. And of course, you always have your agency. But I would suggest to try out evaluating and considering when it's your ringside people. The cheap seats, they will often try to throw criticism to slime you. Whereas the ringside, they're often trying to throw advice or wisdom to catch and evaluate. So that's where I do identify the difference between the criticism and the advice. And remember, it is only words. So you get to decide if it's advice or criticism. I know some people get offended by advice or anything that appears like advice. And I would offer to you, if you're feeling that defensiveness sneak up, stop and ask why. What are you making other people's words mean? When we're defensive, it's usually because the other person has hit a nerve. And that's okay. We all get defensive. Just ask yourself why. Get some awareness without judgment. Oh, I see I'm sensitive to this because... Could I interpret it differently? Do I want to interpret this differently? Sometimes we don't want to change our reaction to things and we get to decide. That's the beauty of agency. So that's what I have for you. When somebody throws words, do you allow yourself to be slimed? Do you duck or do you catch and evaluate? What you do often depends on where the person sits in your arena and what is their motivation, experience, wisdom, investment. Lastly, this is the biggest question for you. Are you in your arena? Are you fighting a fight? Are you losing often? Are you learning how to win and stay up? Are you taking chances? Are you daring greatly? If you are not, and you want to be, and you want some help in being there, then reach out. That's exactly what we do in coaching. It's all about helping people fight that fight in the arena and choosing the audience and the ringside ticket holders. Hope you have a great day and a great week, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.